0: To much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Today, I have Jay Rook, and Jay is famous for Jay Walking, helping people go on these 90-minute walks in nature and let strategy and life bubble up. And it's really amazing when when you do this in a setting like you're in my office on my couch and we're talking. It's a different experience than when you're out in nature. So, Jay, I love what you do. Welcome to the show.
1: Omar. thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Brilliant. One of my highlights was I got to go to Rio de Janeiro and do a presentation on neurolinguistic programming. It was like the World Congress. They have it every two years. Some of my mentors were going to be there. So it was like, don't screw up. And what I was talking about was, you know, the quantum field. Like, we're all connected with it. And one of the examples I gave was, you know, Sometimes working with clients in nature, like I'm working on with someone, it's about creativity. And out of the blue, this Disney quality dog comes up behind this person and starts frolicking around. As we're talking about creativity here, he can't see it. I can. And I was just talking about, you know, how if you're in nature, shit shows up to kind of validate what you're talking about. And as I was doing that, I swear to God, I did not do this and I do not have this power but a giant mon- monarch butterfly came and started flying around the center of the room. They wow. thought it was me, but it was just happenstance, but I took the credit. All day. <laughs> so your thoughts on that, when you take people out of nature, does nature show up in a way that kind of helps that conversation along with that understanding?
1: I think it does. And I think where it's most helpful is uh, as many of us are trying to uh, crack new things on personal development or solve those business problems that we can't get our head around, we we get so stuck in our mind space. And like you said, Hey, I'm sitting here in my office and it has this theme and this energy. And I I find that being in nature helps individuals to almost get out of their own way. It takes their visual attention somewhere else. Um, and as we all know, when, you know, when's the last time you went for a walk and felt worse. And so there's that uh, connection to nature that people start to get where I I think they get a, a cleaner access to themselves.
0: Brilliant. And, uh, I happen to be like a pretty decent hypnotist, and in hypnosis, they have this thing called utilization that if uh, an alarm bell happened to go off as you've got somebody in trance. And so Jay, sometimes it can be alarming. Uh, <laughs> and you just say that it kind of validates this thing. And it's like you did it. So once I was out in nature with a client and we were talking about, you know, letting go of the past and it started to rain. And as this issue washes away from your body and sometimes it's kind of fun to do that, but it also adds to the, cause I suspect for you, and I, I don't want to like project anything is that you are of service of the people that are taking this walk with you. Like sometimes you may have the answers, but sometimes it's just being with them and asking really good questions. Yes. And uh, which is really tough for consultants to do because most of the time, you know, we want to tell people shit.
1: Right. Totally. You know, yeah, just sitting there, you know, shut the hell up like you said and, 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 uh, I think it, it, one of the things, it, it's like a third teammate for me where nature's serving as a muse. And like you said, doing some of that work that I'm uh, holding the space for more than actually uh, executing at that moment. And the beauty of it is that everybody hears or sees what they need to see for themselves. And so you, you know, you're talking about how those animals would uh, randomly show up. And every time I go for a walk, you know, it's something, whether it's a bird or a rabbit or whatever it might be, um, and asking an individual, hey, what is that, mean to you or what's the significance in that and it allows them to kind of break out of their traditional loop thought pattern and crack into something new and so for me a turkey vulture could mean one thing but to somebody else it might be oh wow no my grandfather always talked to me about those and blah 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 and then all of a sudden that breakthrough comes in and we're off and running
0: yeah it's almost like we need permission to let go of our intellect and sometimes being out in nature is like, oh, look over there. And it just gets you away from that because all too often we're trying to crack the code. And the best way to do it is to just tighten the pressure. And that's the worst way to do it. But yes. that's how we train. And taking people out in nature or just asking them a brilliant question allows them to uh, proceed. So I'll give you a good example. Uh, sometimes. We have these books that are like dream books. I've never read one, but I suspect this is what it's like. If you see water in a dream, it means emotions. Yeah, right, right. And so I think at the one level, yeah, maybe true, but a lot of times it's kind of bullshit because it's like, Jay, today, right now talking to me, if you had a dream and water was in it, and I would say, what does that mean to you? And you might say it means X, but a week from now in that particular mental state that you happen to be in, when I ask you, what does that water mean to you? And you'd say, oh, it means something else. And I think we get to be the best judges of meaning of what's going on around us. And sometimes we're not and we got uh, somebody like Jay helping us. But if you just go with this always means this, then I think you box yourself in.
1: A million percent. And and I think one of the challenges in business is we're so often uh, scanning the horizon to try to figure out what's wrong. What do we need to fix? What calamity do we try to prevent next? And then we get out in nature and we realize nature makes no mistakes. And everything is at perfect stasis in nature. And and we can look at those types of things. I think we've all seen a, a tree that perhaps grew sideways for a while in order to get to the light and then made its way up. And we can see those beautiful moments in um, oh, yeah. struggle and adaptation and kind of see the beauty in ourselves as well.
0: Brilliant. And I, I love this field of biomimicry. It like turns mm-hmm. me on. It's like, you know, how do ants find stuff? And it's like, why don't we build databases that do the same thing? And all of a sudden, they're more efficient. They don't make any sense but the results are spectacular. And so I think those scientists and just thinkers looking at nature to figure out, wow, how do how does nature do it? And then can we utilize that in the pursuits that men have?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Beautiful. I agree.
0: So one of the things we were talking about before we uh, came on stage was that intersection of being an entrepreneur, kind of our mindset and that spiritual side of who we are. So Tell me about that. How do you think they intersect? And what does that really mean for uh, individuals, for entrepreneurs, and, and moms that are trying to guide their four-year-olds to understand life better?
1: Right. Yes, exactly. I, I think for uh, many of us, whatever we're doing is more than than just a job. And and so trying to figure out what that answer is for each of us. And for some, it might be uh, engaging a creative pursuit, or they like to use their intellect and are great at numbers, or whatever that might be. Uh, but for many, it's it's some connection to their spiritual evolution and trying to connect to the bigger picture and, hey, why am I here and what's my purpose here? And I, I find that uh, when we can infuse our work with that purpose and understanding, or we avoid burnout, we make the right decisions for the right reasons so much more effectively. And, and it's kind of like we're driving a car blindfolded when we're not connected to that. You know, we're getting triggered and motivated by things that um, aren't really serving our highest good. And so when we can bring those into alignment uh, everything pops for the individual uh, from, you know, how it feels on the inside, but also they show up differently. People just see folks when they're aligned like that, that grace and ease they bring to the world.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to sh- hold this up to the camera, which no one will be able to read. This is a team and it says we are committed and resourceful explorers. It's an IT team. And the gentleman that runs this company was ready to kind of leave the company. It's like, you know, I've done this for eight years. What's the point? And one of the first things we ended up doing was helping him uncover his purpose in life. And his purpose was to be a committed and resourceful explorer. And when he went home to his uh, high school sweetheart, they've been married for 20 years. She said, oh my God, that is you. You've always done that. So we mapped it over to his company and then we took his values And his unconscious, how it validates the values and the company values. Oh, wow. And so he gets to be the poster child for his company. Number one, it brought the passion back. Yep. And you just like, I don't want to leave this place. This is amazing. And two, what a lot of companies do is we're going to hire a consultant and he's going to tell us that our company is here for the greater good of the planet, our employees and the whales and our purpose is to be value driven.
1: Yes, (laughs) totally. Total bullshit mission statements. Oh, Yeah. And they're they're, they're so whitewashed down so that everyone can get behind one little inch of it. And yes.
0: And we'll ask our employees what they think. It's like, excuse my language, the employees. They're valuable and they should be there. But if it's you founded the company, it should be made in your likeness. And that doesn't mean be pigheaded and just do things dumb ways. But if you're the engine that drives this, build a company around it and surround yourself with totally brilliant people smarter than you.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. They share those values you can't teach in uh, the values. And, and I love that exercise that you brought your client through because um, I'm speaking in personal experience. I went through a similar exercise with myself last year and we looked at my values versus how I was running and living my business. And boy, there was a big disconnect. And I was just like, oh, this makes total sense as to why, like you said, the passion was missing and things weren't clicking. And so spent a lot of time uh, realigning and doing some of that deep work And like you said, then it brought it around. I became excited about it and started to attract the right people that were resonant to that calling.
0: Absolutely. And the thing I like best about it is for most people, they have uh, three faces. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have the face they show the outside world. And sometimes that's, uh, look at me, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. or smart or brilliant, or I'm lost or I'm broken or whatever. Then they have this other face, which is, this is who I think I am. Then they had the actual who I actually am. Mm-hmm. And those people that figure out who they actually are uh, don't need to delude themselves anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: with enough strength, that's what they show the outside world. Yeah. And they know their purpose. They know who they are. Right. And people get attracted to them because they yeah. feel safe around them. Definitely. Because yeah. most people are trying to juggle three different things going on all the time.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And and I don't know uh, your, your personal experience, but for me, I, I didn't fully come into that. And I would say probably until... Late thirties, early forties. You know, that, that was a long run for me of, of, of consistent effort trying to find it. Like, it wasn't like I was walking around diluted. It was, it was like really hunting and searching for it, but it, it took a lot of uh, deep personal work to get there.
0: There's a word that I love. It's called model. Mm -hmm. And the reason I love the word model is this is the best model I know because Even Einstein, I mean, if he was still around saying, okay, with the string theory, you know, I I had it wrong, I'm a loser. (laughs) If he totally bought into, you know, I am perfect and I got it right. And I think we have the sense of this is the model I know. Yeah, There's probably a better one out there. Mm -hmm. And I can almost guarantee, Jay, we've just met 11 minutes ago, maybe 12 minutes ago. And this person sitting in front of me is way better than Jay from five years ago. And this person sitting in front of me probably sucks compared to the J five years from now.
1: <laughs> yes, like right. We're
0: always improving. Yes. And as long as we have an open mind to, hey, I'm doing my best, but this probably better. Mm-hmm. And everything I know is just a model. And I'm looking for other data points to help me make that model better. And it'll never be perfect.
1: Yep. Yep, and, and I think acceptance with that, that middle ground of, of where one's at, because I, I think what one of the things that I'm most disappointed about uh, Western capital culture around w- would be that constant, you're not enough, work harder, build more, get more productive, more efficient, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I think we can oftentimes make ourselves wrong or lesser when we're not at that ideal Uh, you know, full ripeness stage coming out of that chrysalis And and so uh, for me, that's uh, something I need to pay constant attention to in my own mental practices is like, nope, everything's good right now. I'm enough now. And let's build from here.
0: The thing I like about Einstein, don't understand any of it, but the thing I do understand is E equals MC squared. So he took this super complex thing and distilled it down. I still don't know what it means. I know what the what it represents. But I could plug in the numbers and get an answer out. And I was thinking about that. And I came up with this concept of what if there were two coins that describe our life? One coin on one side has happiness. Yeah. That if we measured happiness every single day, if things are going wrong, that happiness number is going to go down. And on the other side of that is negative stress. If that number's too high, something's wrong. And on the second coin is love. How loved and loving do I feel today? Mm -hmm. And on the other side of that is fear. What's my level of fear? And if you could just check those four things every day, because if something is wrong, then you can say, huh, what would make me happier? And you always come up with an answer. Sometimes it's ice cream.
1: Right, yes, yes, 100% right. I love that. So
0: share one of your uh, Jedi mind tricks that you share with your clients that simplifies this complex thing we call life.
1: Yeah, I I think it's believing that... uh, we need to fit in somewhere and and kind of plug into like you're saying, those those old models or existing structures or whatever it might be. And I I think we're so habituated in how we approach problems sometimes that when we get stuck and and we're trying to form a business model that works for us or figure out our branding. And all of a sudden having somebody say, well, actually, you know, bring it down to the values, like you were talking about, we can bring those base actions down to values. We can really help people understand their callings more effectively. So, uh somebody could be a a speaking coach um and they might have tips on that and, and formulas and whatever but then when they get down to the understanding of hey what I'm really doing is helping other individuals find their own voice and speak their truth into humanity it's a totally different understanding and so if we can get back to oh, that yeah. that's the game changer for me.
0: Absolutely one hundred percent. I think it should be uh by the time we get out of high school I'm not sure we can do it earlier yeah is uncovering your purpose in life should be absolutely a fundamental thing. Yes. And if okay, it's, go ahead. Sorry. no, no. finish, you had something. Uh,
1: yeah, no, if I could just soapbox for a second, like it drives me insane that we are not teaching emotional uh, intelligence and mindfulness as part of our general curriculum right now ahead of some of the other things that we're teaching. And I think that's part of the reason why we don't get to that understanding as well as that we're not holding that space for it. And it's just easier and more fungible to just plug people into the uh, uh, the existing structure.
0: Yeah, I think what someone needs to do is to just smash the education system. I know. To smithereens. I know. Uh, I had this gentleman that I interviewed on the podcast. He runs Gibson Snowboards. And so he had gone down to uh, Teach for America after graduating at Hopkins, good old Baltimore institution, uh, went to Teach for America. And he had this grade five class. He said some of the people, this one kid was obsessed with black holes. So he's reading university texts. To understand black holes. And there's other kids that can't read at all. And he's supposed to teach them all. And so, after about a month and a half, without telling anyone, shh, he drops the curriculum and he says, I want to introduce you to this thing called a love project. Oh. Whatever you're passionate about, just work on that this year. And oh, I'm cool. going to do the same. And he, and he brings this snowboard that he built in high school that was kind of crappy. He said, I'm going to rebuild, redesign, and rebuild this. And so that's what he does. And then he goes uh, for spring break, goes uh, snowboarding and almost kills himself because his snowboard sucks. And he comes back to class and says, you know, you kids need to continue your love project. I'm going to put mine aside so I can help you out. And one of the kids sniffs out that he's being a wimp. And he says, if you're not doing yours, we're not doing ours. Love it. And the kid called Clayton shamed him into doing his. Yeah. And so he ended up starting a snowboard company that ships snowboards around the world. But the joy of it was that he only had them for that one class, but they started doing better in all of their classes of because they had this one place of following their passion and learning because they wanted to, as opposed to they had to.
1: Totally. And, and how many of them, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, however many later, are going to be telling someone a story someday, and they're going to talk about that year and what that teacher said and how it impacted their entire lives? And
0: we all have that one teacher, right, that we go, Mr. Higgins was my teacher. That was like the most amazing teacher. And this is my uh, idea to redesign education is that most teachers put me to sleep. Mm -hmm. What if we got the best history teacher for a grade seven class in the country to do a 15 minute lesson, like a TED talk about something. And then instead of hiring teachers, move them over to being facilitators.
1: Yeah yes 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 because it's
0: easier to facilitate than it is to teach Mm -hmm. but you get somebody that inspires i want kids to go home and go oh my god did you know and be that excited and the teacher helps deepen the learning would totally change education and if i had kids and uh, you know the the government doesn't want me to have kids by the way no (laughs) if i had kids all i'd want for them is this to have a deep thirst for learning to be able to read really well and to be able to uh communicate flawlessly with people like public speaking and just connection. And then after that, it's like, have a nice day and go live your life. And they'd be uh, self-directed folks learning what they need to learn to create what they want to create.
1: I I love your vision as well. And I think we're going to start to see that. um, You know, I think we're already starting to see the the initial inklings of that, but boy, I think it's going to accelerate with with the way um, the quarantine, you know, flattened the world even more so and brought people together And, and to your point around the educational system. Boy, I would love to see entrepreneurship woven in there somewhere as well because I feel like we're raising people to be employees and you know it's just it's, it's a decades old model that's already you know served its time and we, we got to reinvent And beyond decades really oh, totally
0: <laughs> And so yeah, absolutely because the reality is uh, if you're having a kid today, I'm not sure if it's five or six or seven or ten different careers in their lifetime. I know. And if they're self-directed entrepreneurs, they get to design their own path.
1: Yes, yes, yes,
0: 100%. So what's kind of brilliant is uh, Muhammad Yusuf. he did the microloans.
1: Uh-huh. Are you familiar with him? I, I'm not as familiar with him, but I'm familiar with microloans.
0: So he's the guy that started it out. Yeah. And one of the things he noticed in Bangladesh was when he gave money to men to start their small businesses, that they, they got a little bit successful and then drank and hoarded away. Uh-huh. But if they gave that money to women... They built community and built families and expanded their businesses. So I think uh, entrepreneurship for everybody, but especially women yes. and girls, because uh they are pretty freaking awesome. And I think uh, I've got this movement I want to start. I've been threatening to do this for uh, a really long time. It's like uh humans first, screw the animals. No, humans <laughs> first. Because what I would do is say, hi, I'm a performance coach. Yeah. And then I'm this, then I'm that, then I'm this. And the last thing that I will not mention is I'm a human being that has a heart. Mm-hmm. And so we figure out all the distinctions first. What if we started and said, uh, hi, I'd like to connect with you at a heart level right. and connect with your humanity first. And Oh, by the way, I happen to do this.
1: Yes. Yes. Like yes. If you
0: started that, it would change the planet.
1: A hundred percent. I love that thought. And it's been fascinating to me when I, when I've uh, lived in different places around the world, one of the things that I, I started to learn to watch for was how soon into an uh, introductory conversation does somebody ask or tell you know what, what they do? And what I noticed was, you know I'm from uh, New England originally, and I noticed that that was very soon in the conversation. It was usually you know, possibly right after name and maybe where you live type of deal. And then, so I, I, was, I was raised in that way. And then as I moved to other places, I realized I was the only one sometimes that was pushing that agenda. And so I started to learn to, Shut up about that and try to have that be one of the last things uh, that I would say or ask. Because to your point, I learned so much more and connected so much more authentically to that individual.
0: Absolutely. Uh, what came up in my mind was there was this silly movie called Austin Powers, and they had this Doctor Evil character, and this is scene where this guy calls him, you know, Mister Evil, and he goes, "I didn't go to evil medical school for seven years. Yes. <laughs> Call me a doctor." So even Doctor Evil wants to go career first.
1: Totally. So. so.
0: Jade, this has been a joyous conversation before we part company, two things, even though you're amazing, you have a negative voice that comes inside your head on occasion to sabotage what you're doing.
1: Absolutely. Pray tell, what does your voice say? Great question. Um, mine is somewhere around like running out of time. You know, I, I kind of always feel like I'm behind a year or two around where I should be. And, um, it's kind of like needing to clean out the old before the new next thing can come in. And so I, I, I'm usually struggling or grappling uh, in my mental loops around where I am in that and if it's enough in the new direction or am I being too stuck to the old. Uh, so so that's kind of what's at play for me is like, hey, am I doing the right thing right now?
0: Brilliant. And one final uh, thought from you is anything you'd like to share with our viewers and listeners that would uh, they can implement immediately? And uh, go, man. Jay's a really cool guy.
1: Right on. You know, I, I would say something back to that that arc around understanding what we, the why behind what we're doing. And and so, as an example for me, I, I used to introduce myself and in saying that I, I do business coaching. I help entrepreneurs build their businesses up. But when I got to a better understanding of what I was doing, that uh, statement changed to, I hated working in corporate. I left the law to follow my passion and open a restaurant. I lost everything because I didn't know how to think like an entrepreneur. And so what I do now is I help coach people how to make that transition so they can follow their passions without losing everything. And so once I got that, it just changed everything about how I connected to my work. And so for individuals, what I would say is spend some time thinking about those stages of your life and what was going on for you. Uh, you know, I bet you can go back to your high school or junior high days and realize, oh wait, I was actually playing the same role back then or doing the same things oh, and, yeah. and, and connect those so that it's a life purpose view versus, uh, I think we can get too caught up in the present and, uh, which is rare, but I mean, too caught up in the, um, modern to do's of like checking off to do lists and getting things done versus understanding the, the why and infusing that with our work.
0: Brilliant. Jay, thank you so much for being on the program. Fascinating conversation, and thanks so much for being a guest.
1: You're very welcome. I appreciate that, and thank you for the opportunity. It's a wonderful interview. You asked great questions, and I really hope your uh, listeners and audience got a lot out of today's conversation. Brilliant.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results.